0: The owner of that club, the manager, he told me, there's some guy here who plays very good country music. And right at the parking lot, I heard music coming out of the club. What was on the speakers sounded like country music by either Don Williams or Kenny Rogers. But shock on me, I walked into the place and there was this guy as black as me, looking like my own brother, belting out things that sounded like... They were being sung by kenny rogers i was in shock
1: hello george scottini with you on afropop worldwide from prx on this edition we take you on a trip from nashville to nairobi as we explore the history of country music in Kenya. You're hearing a concert from Sir Elvis, one of the leading country musicians on today's scene in Kenya. Well, to some listeners, this might come a bit as a surprise. Country music pouring out into the streets of Nairobi? Hey, but as we will learn, country music actually has long roots in Kenya. It dates back to the 1920s and 30s when Christian missionaries left behind their 78 RPM records containing early American country western music. These records became hugely popular with the local populations, including many areas throughout Kenya, and inspired a new generation of musicians to pick up a guitar and take their own version of a yodeling cowboy. Yeah.
2: country music. It's the kind of thing, like, as soon as I heard it, I'm just like, I love this music. And I really like that it's the kind of reverse direction that we associate with a lot of African and American or or European and African music. I think it's really fascinating and it's really important to see how these kind of influences go both directions. It's a lot more complex than I think it might seem at first. That was Gordon Ashworth, founder of Olvido
1: Records, based in Chicago, Illinois, a record label dedicated to the restoration of old and hard to find music, including many forgotten guitarists from Africa. In 2019, they released the compilation album, Bulawayo Blue Yodel, filled with these lonesome high sounds from 1950s Zimbabwe, South Africa, and Kenya. This is Kenyan yodeling cowboy, Semin Gaku. Gordon is right, we often think of early African music coming to America to land its influence on roots music, jazz, country and blues. But we don't think as much about American music coming to influence Africans during this time. But in these recordings, well, you can clearly hear the influence of early American country western music on these African yodeling cowboys. For many of these musicians in Kenya and beyond, the most influential American singer was Jimmy Rogers, widely regarded as the father of country music. Here is one of Rogers' songs that reached great popularity at that time, Waiting on a Train, from 1928.
3: Not a can I show Get off, get off You railroad bum He slammed the boxcar door Holy,
2: You know, Jimmy Rogers, especially, like, his music was everywhere. It was all over the world, like, a hundred years before the internet. And that was really fun about this project, to really realize that The world, I think, has been more global. Access to music was broader and wider and more intensive than I think a lot of people realized. I love that Jimmy Rodgers hit a bit because he was this like frail, not particularly conventionally attractive. He wasn't like Roy Rogers or this heartthrob. He had tuberculosis and he was pretty sickly, but there's just something about his music that just connects with people. I don't know what it is. And there's a the speculation that there's elements of his guitar playing or singing that are reminiscent of different types of traditional music from all over the world. And so it would be easy to identify with those things. I and mean, are like, oh, he's doing this, this high singing, or we have that in, in my culture or whatever, so I like this, or I can relate to this, you know what I mean? Or his, his guitar strings sound like some other plucked string instrument or something. It doesn't make any sense that he was so wildly popular, but I think a lot of it was just, not to detract from his talent, he wrote very memorable melodies and was just a great pop songwriter, but I think he was just right there at the right time, and they just kind of picked him, and they're like, all right, we're gonna push your records, and uh, they ended up all over the world, and you you hear interpretations of Jimmy Rogers from literally all over the world. To me, he was the first real global pop star.
1: Jimmy Rogers was indeed popular everywhere throughout Africa and Kenya. In 1950, Hugh Tracy, a British born ethnomusicologist, traveled to Kapkatet, Kenya, to record the native songs of the Kipsigis, a pastoral tribe based in the western highlands of the Rift Valley. And you can hear the name Jimmy Rocha or Jimmy Rogers throughout the lyrics.
2: Film and music. And even before there was sound based film and there was like silent cowboy movies that were being projected in mining camps and labor centers. And at the same time, you know, there was records and radio. So it kind of created this holistic archetype of a cowboy that was musical, that was based on the fashion, you know, Stetson hats and chaps and cowboy boots and the lifestyle of just having total freedom and being a very independent man fighting the bad guys and winning and, you know, winning the women or whatever. So I really think it became this total lifestyle. And so if you were super into Jimmy Rogers, you were super into these cowboy movies, you're just like, this is the perfect lifestyle. And it's also just a fantasy, it's an escape. A lot of incredibly difficult and oppressive conditions in colonial Africa, and so to have that kind of escape from reality in the kind of archetype of the cowboy, I think was incredibly appealing, and that it just mixed perfectly with the music. And once the sound film came in, then the cowboys actually started singing. You had Gene Autry and Roy Rogers and stuff. Then it was just like the formula was complete. Like, all right, I'm gonna be a cowboy, I'm gonna play guitar, I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna yodel, and I'm gonna have freedom. Sammy Gaku, clearly directly influenced by Jimmy Rogers. Straight up yodels, melodically identical to Jimmy's. So that was obviously a huge influence on him. I mean, I love his voice. I love his guitar playing. It was a real treat when we finally got the uh, lyric translations, because I think the lyrics are really interesting. <laughs> like a lot of these songs, they're, they're kind of moralistic, and they're kind of about this kind of clash between more traditional rural cultures and colonization, industrialization, and the kind of falling victim to vices like gambling and prostitution and stuff. So it's interesting to kind of get an idea of what he was actually singing about and his kind of perspective. In Zimbabwe and South Africa and Kenya, where the these recordings are from, these musicians are from, it came at this interesting kind of intersection where radio was just starting to take off. They finally developed Uh, wind-up phonograph players that Africans could actually afford and that changed everything and that meant that not only could people access music more easily in their home but the record companies were like we should make music to cater to these customers and we should start recording music in all these different languages and all these various musical styles so that we (laughs) we can sell it back to them basically but it had this aside from the pure capitalism of it it preserved this music I mean
4: records sold The other thing about records, and this matters a lot for the Jimmy Rogers period, that people don't remember, is that unlike radio, record players were wind-up mechanical devices. You didn't need electricity to sell records and record players. So there were records and record players in all these villages that had no other mass media. They didn't have movies. They didn't have radio. All they had was record players. And so, you know, there's a period right up through the 50s, I don't know, in Africa, quite possibly into the 60s, when you still have a market for rural 78s, because you still have places where, you know, as I say, where there is no radio, where there is no electricity. Why Jimmy Rogers? I don't know, but Jimmy Rogers was it all over Africa. I mean, John Storm Roberts said he had collected J. Rogers' imitations in 24 different African languages. I don't know how many countries that is, because that could be, what, four or five languages just in Kenya.
1: That's Elijah Wald, an American folk blues guitarist and music historian who spent time hitchhiking throughout Africa, seeking out some of his favorite guitarists.
4: I went over to Africa in 89. I was just there 89 and 90. And I was actually going in because I had learned that Jean Bosco Mwendo was still alive. And I wanted to take guitar lessons from him in what was then Zaire. And I studied with Jean Bosco and with Edward Masenko in Lubumbashi. And then headed up to Kenya. And again, hitchhiking. I hitchhiked from, from Lubumbashi to Kenya. And... Kenya, I was basically just going with the John Storm Roberts original music albums. He had two or three albums of Kenyan stuff, which then ended up as two CDs. And I was in Nairobi. And my first or second day there, I walked into a music store and went up to the owner and asked if he knew where I could find any of the old guitar players from the late 50s, early 60s. And he said, like who? And I said, like Herbert Misango, who recorded uh, Waze Wakisa back around 61. And he said, yeah, he's working behind the counter
1: over there. And he was. We are listening to that song by Herbert Misango, Waze Wakisa.
4: So we got together and then he introduced me to John and Zenze. Zenze just means guitar. So John and Zenze is like Johnny Guitar. And he took me around to some clubs. I mean, John and Zensei was sort of a central figure in that world. That's basically the story. I spent a little time there. I bought a lot of tapes. At that point, you still could buy cassettes of a lot of the older guys. And it was interesting. If you wanted to find the older acoustic guitar players, what you did was look for cassettes of guys with cowboy hats. They were not most of them still doing the yodeling cowboy stuff but that was still how you found them. But on the radio at that point, this is 1990 still every Sunday afternoon there was a two hour program of what was called old kikuyu music. And the old kikuyu music was simply Jimmy Rogers imitations. And they didn't know that. That was something I found fascinating. The people I was living with simply thought of that as old kikuyu music. They had no idea that there was an American music that sounded similar to it. So they did not think of it as Kenyan versions of country western. By that time, that Jimmy Rogers yodeling sound was simply what old kikuyu music sounded like.
5: We were exposed to Western music back in the 1950s. Okay, I was not there then, I'm talking about my folks then. Uh, Maybe even earlier, 40s into 50s and then 60s and 70s. That's David Kimoto, or DK as he calls himself, who hosts the popular
1: TV show Strings of Country on Kenya's Three Stones TV
5: channel. This was uh, music from the UK and a lot of it also from America. It kind of uh, picked up very well with our audiences and uh, our viewers. From that, from country-western music, you know, we had our own... Okay, if I talk about my community, uh, the Kikuyu community, we had uh, our own dances, you know, we call it momboko and other kinds of dances, whereby the main instrument was the accordion, and then later on the guitar. And now, together with the exposure from the music that we are getting now from out there, that music transformed a little bit. It got a bit of influence from country music, and so you find there's a lot of influence uh, in terms of uh, instrumentation and lyrics that we acquired from the music that we mostly heard from radio and the music shops in town. <laughs>
1: Catherine Donier, host of the long-running KBC English service program Sundowner, also spoke about country's influence on Kikuyu music.
0: The Kikuyu have a traditional dance. In their traditional music, they happen to have incorporated a music instrument that was brought about by the British, the colonialists, and that is the accordion. Now, when the Kikuyu are doing their traditional music, they actually play that thing, and they have a name for that dance. The most traditional one is called Mwomboko, where the accordion would be playing, and the old men and women would be playing like you see the way mm, the way the British normally dance, you know, like on the tip of their toes, like they're waltzing. Kikuyu's picked something that looks like that. Now, Mugithi and also that Momboko gave rise to the performers of Kikuyu music today actually sing something very close to country, but in their language. They create some songs that sound like country songs, but they are in the Kikuyu language. And that is really, really appreciated by people when they're out in gigs and they dance to it. Actually, the lady that sings with Sir Elvis, she's Carrie B. Now, before Carrie B joined Sir Elvis to sing country music with him, Carrie B was doing pure kikuyu music. And she had never thought she could sing English songs. She couldn't imagine herself singing country music, but... She was shocked and she surprised everybody because she's, I think she's the best country music female singer in this country.
1: We will hear more from David and Catherine later in the program, but first, let's hear a bit more Kikuyu music. Joseph Kamaru was a leading Kikuyu musician and political activist who moved to Nairobi from rural Kenya in the late 1950s. In 1965, after Kenya gained independence, Nairobi was home to many independent music labels and recording studios, and Kamaru's unique blend of traditional Kikuyu melodies and guitar quickly became popular. He passed away in 2018, but thankfully in recent years, Kamaru's grandson, a musician himself, has reissued all of his grandfather's music, which is now available on Bandcamp. Here is Kenyan country musician Steve Rogers. There's a legend by the name Joseph
6: Kamaru. He passed away a few years ago. That guy was a music genius. You know, his style of music, how he played his stuff was more of country. If you listen, you may not understand the language, but you'd feel that was pure country.
3: (muchas) Mwele nyanya ebechanya nene sena gudo moga ya na e na mandar. Moruti wa vera ikaa gameri tato eti a moja raka e onjirengi kumi eti a moja raka e onjirengi kumi eti a moja raka e onjirengi kumi andwa ito tayo li a jirengi jo Ne jo i koi ga na mo ka na ja na ja mono. Ne jo i ne a ya de.
1: Another popular early Kikuyo musician was Francis Rogwiti, heard here with his song, Signorita.
7: To you Te am going to go Una vez muere el Racoma, gotañones. Una vez muere el Racoma, gotañones, señorita. Para ti, Guilherme, que amo tuena más de mí. Me siuan ya la bandera, te veo a Juan. Te untinara que ¿Qué tal ya vegana? ¿Ve señorita? ¿Qué tal ya vegana? ¿Ve quieres, señorita? Señorita Dígame bien que fuera que yo eres Todos miren a cogería, señorita Hoy niño negro se si ha vendido a visto una Chigarro, cangeria, maidori, viena vega. Chigarro, cangeria, maidori, viena vega, señorita. Y en la ochocho, te va a cuarguer, que muerra. Con aña, monete, y le directo a la Le pongo noticia, que yo va a I'm go to the city of the city of the
1: Radio has always played a huge role in spreading the popularity of country music in Kenya. Today, there are several programs heard across various channels that play this music. But it all started with one show, KBC English Services Sundowner, which is the longest-running radio program heard in Kenya. Here at Afropop, we had the opportunity to talk to one of its
0: current hosts. My name is Catherine Donye. I'm a radio producer and presenter with the KBC English Service. I've been an on-air presenter for the last 25 years. About 20 years ago, I began hosting The Sundowner Show. The Sundowner Show is the oldest running radio show in Kenya today because it was started by the British way back in the 50s before Kenya attained independence. Of course, Kenya Broadcasting Corporation is the state broadcaster, and it was begun in 1928, during the colonial days, because the British wanted to have a way of entertaining their own people, their workers, their families, the British who had settled in Kenya. So they started the first radio station. Today it is the KBC English Service, But back in the day, it was also called the General Service of KBC. So Sundowner was begun by the British broadcasters way, way before independence in the mid-50s, late 50s. And so every living person today in the country has had a chance to listen to Sundowner. Uh, Some of us started listening to Sundowner when we were children because our parents were listening to the same show. It is a show that came every evening at 6 p.m. It is a musical show that plays the Golden Oldies. Where country music comes into Sundowner is that it is a prominent genre on the show. A lot of Music that has been played on the Sundowner show over the years happens to be country music.
1: Well, and when it comes to country music in modern-day Kenya, we have to start with Don Williams, the gentle giant of country music, who even after his passing remains one of the most popular artists throughout the country.
0: Anytime I hear, Lord, I hope this day is good by Don Williams, I envy the people of Zimbabwe because I know Don Williams visited and I've watched the concerts on YouTube and those people were just very lucky to have gotten a piece of the gentle giant Don Williams and to sing along to his songs right there as he performed in a very, very gentle way.
8: I SHOULD BE THANKFUL, LORD, I KNOW I SHOULD, BUT LORD, I HOPE THIS DAY IS GOOD. LORD, HAVE YOU FORGOTTEN ME? I'VE BEEN PRAYING TO YOU FAITHFULLY. I'M NOT SAYING I'M A RIGHTEOUS MAN, BUT LORD, I HOPE
1: Coming up next, we will hear from some of the leading artists in today's country scene in Kenya, and you can visit afropop.org to see a playlist of Kenyan country artists. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Okay, We spent the first half of this episode learning how country music got to Kenya, and <laughs> by all accounts, it's here to stay. The current scene is as popular as it's ever been. We talked to some of the leading TV and
5: radio presenters about why this genre continues to endure. My name is David Kimoto. On air, I go by the name DK. I'm presenter of a show known as Strings of Country. And uh, this show has been running on uh, Three Stones TV since 2014. And uh, we play uh, traditional and also contemporary uh, country music. And I must say that uh, it's been good. It's, you know, the, the, it's been a good journey and uh, the popularity of country music is growing. So every day we get a lot of feedback from our viewers, uh, our listeners. And all in all, you know, things, are, things are looking good. Three Stones TV broadcasts in their three languages, that's uh, English, uh, Kikuyu, and Kiswahili. And uh, we felt that among uh, the Kikuyu-speaking population, country music appeals to the majority a lot more than other genres of music. It's partly because uh, the, our viewers can identify with the country music. This is the music that people grow up listening to. Actually, our parents I would say, you know, grow up listening to. And uh, it was available also on vinyl. Uh, So out in town, you could find, you could easily buy 45s (laughs) vinyl records or 33 of, uh, you know, Dolly Parton, Skeeter Davies, Charlie Pride, Kenny Rogers, and so on. And uh, it grew on a lot of, you know, our viewers and listeners because I think partly because of the simplicity of the music and the message. People find it a bit uh, fascinating. This is uh, American music. And in Africa, it's, you know, like I said, Ali's reason, it's risen, very well. I think it's partly because of the lyrics, you know, the message in the music, and the simplicity in the instrumentation, I think. And I think also that uh, popular, or kind of admired cowboy lifestyle. That's why you'll find a lot of the musicians or even a lot of people who go out to listen to country music, you'll find them donned in the cowboy boots, uh, hats and so on. Also, like I said earlier, country music is about life and uh, a lot about farming life, uh, which is, uh, you know, in Africa, that is key. Uh, in Africa, storytelling is a big thing, you know, uh, right from those days where... Uh, storytelling was uh, something that happened uh, you know uh, at the fireplace and then um, enter country music and it's a new genre that you know sounds good, the beats are good, the stories are good and uh, hence the popularity.
3: Why
0: Kenyans would love country music? Now in the traditional African setting. Every season, every event was celebrated by music. There was always music in our traditional African society to mark every kind of event. You know, if a baby has been born, there would be music to celebrate the birth of that baby. And it was music that passed a message. We Africans love to pass messages through music or to receive a message through music. Now, country music for me sounds like very gentle music whose message is heard very clearly. If you listen to a country song, yes, there is the beat. Of course, we we love music we can dance to. We as Kenyans, we love uh, to shake to the beat of a song. If the song does not have a distinctive beat, we, we feel lost, we, we like to follow a, a nice gentle beat of a song and if that song has got words in it, we love to hear what the words are and we love to sing along to those words. Now country music happens to be gentle music and a lot of time it is telling a story, it is, um, a song you can learn and sing along to. I've always felt like that is why we love country music so much. It is peaceful, it is gentle, and you can hear each and every word that is sung on country music.
7: We can the
8: the world outside the door. I need you so now, come on, let's go.
1: We've been listening to Carlos Kiba, one of the musicians on today's scene. He's just one of the growing list of country music artists throughout Kenya. On any night of the week, especially in Nairobi, country music fans can enjoy going to a
5: concert to hear their favorite artists play. There are many now they are dotted all over Nairobi and uh, outside Nairobi, uh, whereby um, not just weekends, on Wednesday nights, uh, Friday, Saturday nights, people go there to enjoy their country music. And uh, very often, it's a blend of both traditional music and country music. You'll have an artist, a Kikuyu artist, and another musician also, it doesn't have to be Kikuyu, but also playing uh, country music. Mostly traditional style, but there's also a bit of the contemporary style of country music. That's all over Nairobi now, and it's going to other parts of the country. People feel they need to enjoy the music fully. They must themselves fully, also in terms of uh, dress, you know, since They see their favorite country musicians dressed in uh, hats and boots and so on. And uh, the feeling is that, you know, if we're going to have a real good time, then let's go, you know, let's go all the way and, you know, dress country and uh, maybe even talk country as much as you can, whatever that means, and enjoy the music. So I think it has to do with, you know, trying to immerse uh, ourselves, not just in in the music, but also in the whole in the culture that surrounds uh, that genre of music. So if, if it's uh, you know it's a country event, uh, you find a lot of uh, howdies as opposed to hi or hello, you know. And uh, it's all part of you know trying to you know like I said in you know enjoy the full the full package.
1: We enlisted the help of local radio producer Devin Sudi to send in a field report from one of the nightly concerts happening in Nairobi. Mic check, mic check,
5: one, two My name is Tevin Sudi I'm here at the Homeland Lounge in Nairobi Along one of the busiest uh, highways in Nairobi That's the Thika Super Highway And uh, I'm here for Steve Rogers' performance And as, yeah, I guess it started
9: I can hear some of the music as I'm walking in
5: so, let's go.
9: Um, my name is Jelani, and I'm from Nairobi. So, how did you stumble upon the country
5: music scene?
9: Um, wh- wow. Well, um, I was introduced to country music by my mom, who listened to a lot of um, the old school uh, country music artists when I was growing up. Uh, the legends, the Dolly Parton, uh, Kenny Rogers, Don Williams. Over the years, I guess my interest in country music grew as I started to appreciate the music and how uh, the different styles of various country music songs were written. And yeah, there's history.
5: Today we are at a Steve Rogers uh, show. So what did you enjoy most about today's show?
9: Well, I really enjoyed the performance today. It's really rare to find an artist who can actually perform live and sound as good as they would um, in the studio. Uh, I also enjoyed the crowd. I met so many amazing people, and which is actually, I was actually pleasantly surprised to find this many people who are also lovers of country music. So meeting as many people as I did today was. Pleasant surprise, and I made connections that would last a life, lifetime.
0: Hi, uh, my name is Sarah, and I'm from Nairobi. I was first introduced uh, into the this genre by my parents, um, and then over the years, when I was in uni, through my friends, such big fans of country music. So there was the, some couple events they were talking about, and yeah, like, I'm here.
5: How did you find the show? Did you enjoy it? How how was the show today?
0: It was interesting. Um, the the crowd like were a whole vibe. Just the music was great. So like what people were wearing it was all
9: <laughs> top
0: notch cowboy hat. Uh, what's it called? Jackets. The boots. Like the pants. Like everything cowboy.
3: It was it was a whole vibe.
8: Um,
1: We recently sat down with Steve Rogers at a studio in Nairobi to talk to him about his budding career as a country singer in Kenya. We of course had to start with how he got his name, <laughs> and we're later treated to some live in studio performances of some of his favorite country classics. Yeah, that's a nickname I got from you know people who used
6: to come for my gigs and you know and you know feel that I used to do more of Kenny's music, you know, and they gave me that nickname, and since that day I picked up that name, and it would be hard for me to lose it. <laughs> I learned a lot of country music through Kenny, uh, I love his style of playing and uh, you know it got me thinking how good country music can get and how it's relatable to everyone all over the world. It was easy for me to relate to country music than any other thing I've ever listened to. So I think I fell in love with country music and it's the best thing that I could do is to share whatever I've had, the
1: feeling that I had with the people out here. And now for a bit of Steve Rogers' take on the classic Kenny Rogers song beloved by millions around the world, The Gambler. On a warm summer sea On a train buffalo, Falloway Met on
10: with a gambler We were both to tall as here We took time to the window of the darkness The bull on the t- to speak Is a I'm I'll be people's faces Knowing what cards were By the way they hid So if you don't mind saying I can see a racing For a taste of whiskey I'll give you some advice So I held him up and down, drink the my love and he bought a cigarette Lots me for the light And the Michael girl the cry And his face was so special So you gotta pray the game boy You gotta learn to pay your bride You got to know when to hold him Know when to fall in. Know when to walk away Know when to run. You never count your money but When you're sitting at the table it's
6: amazing. I love the growth, you know, looking at when I started, that was 10 years ago. We didn't have a very huge fan base, but we're having more artists doing country music. And that's the best thing. You know, we're going to popularize this thing and make it a mainstream music in Kenya. After I started, you know, doing country I discovered that I needed to learn a few skills on the guitar. I'm not a perfect uh, guitarist. I'm not I'm not so good on the guitar, but I I can play a few chords and you know country music is just three chords and the truth. Like will Nelson said. <laughs> I find it easy for me to relate, you know, if I I would pick up a guitar and maybe strum a few chords and it was easy for me to have those, you know, Don Williams songs and Cherry Pride songs, you know, Johnny Cash songs, you know. It was easy for me to play them because they're not so engaging when it comes to chord work. You know, not everyone would understand this, our concept, you know, the English version. So, what I've done is I've teamed up with some few songwriters down here who can interpret this song or translate these songs from to a local language or probably Swahili. So it would be easier for everyone to connect with the music, even the grassroots, even the people in the remote areas, you know, because it's something they now understand in the language that they understand fully. So we've translated a few songs. I did something, there's a song by Johnny Cash, it's called I Still Miss Someone, so I did a Kikui version of the same. And uh, it's not in the market yet, but we hopefully, you know, I normally play it in my regular gigs and people really receive it very well. So we're hoping, you know, people will embrace that style as well. And it will be easier for them to connect with the country music. You know, if you get to hear a version of your mother tongue, then you get to hear the, version, the original version. I think it will be easy for them to appreciate country music more than ever.
10: the will come Three hearts by by together, and I still me. Someone I go out on the poly and look for a little fun, but I find a darkened corner. Cause I to me. Someone Dei ganetie Maidom ashio maku De molnago handu ho de De otage Do le wa Hembedagia De de avendo Vitoa ne O gania kere a to ambele irie, na de handu. Dali di kana mwen do akwa, kosa esti mi samu. Dali di kana akwa. Those I still meet
1: someone? I tell you, the future is looking bright for Steve. He was recently nominated for the Texas Sounds International Country Music Awards. He will be competing against other artists from around the world—Malaysia, Norway, South Africa, and Sweden, among many others—all bringing their unique flavor of country music to Texas. Sounds like fun. For Steve, well, this is an opportunity of a lifetime that he's very excited about. Not only be the first time in the United States, but the first time out of Kenya. I've been invited to do Texas Sound International this year.
6: It's a competition, you know, where guys come in to showcase their talents. And I'm telling you how how big that can be and how people are willing to support me the people who want to travel with me all the way more than 20 people already have confirmed they want to travel with me that's how big country music is here that's how they embrace country and that's how they love their our gigs and how they love country this would be my first time to step out of kenya actually not just in the U.S. It's more of a dream country, you know. I never saw it coming. I actually got it last week. I'm more of a country boy, so I never read my email. So it was sent actually like 10 days before I saw it. <laughs> and it was exciting. It was a good feeling, yeah. Mm-hmm. If people can recognize whatever we do from that far range, so it's amazing and it's humbling as well. Yeah, I think I've shared a lot of my stuff, probably in YouTube or social media platforms, and uh, uh, maybe they get to see my music and you appreciate it and think that I should, I should share it with the world as well. That's how big country music is. And we, I hope we can keep that brand going on for a long time and forever so our kids
1: can find this music. And watch out, folks. It's not just Texas Steve is coming for. He's aiming to make it to the mecca for all country music, the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. I would love to
6: probably get to the Grand Opera. It's a dream for every country musician all over the world. I know it's still harder for me to say, I'm going to pray in the Grand Opera, but it's a dream, and probably I'll push for it and see what happens between now and then. You know, you do your best and leave the rest to God.
1: We wish you the best of luck, Steve. And thank you for sharing your music Maybe with Afropop Worldwide.
10: I hope you understand I've been thinking about these all along. Never felt a feeling quite this tone I can't believe a marching dance me home Just to be a man There's no hurry, don't no you worry We can take our time Come near the sir let's go over All I hell in mind. Baby, lock and turn the door in time. the lights stand low Put some music on the soft and slow. Baby, we ain't got no place to go I hope you understand. I've been thinking about all day long. Never felt a feeling quite this strong. I can't believe how much it me on just to be your man. Nobody, ever loved nobody the no way till I love you We're alone now You don't know how long I've only two Lock and old and turned the lights and low Put some music on the and on Baby, we ain't got no place to go I hope you understand. I've been thinking about this all day long. Old. Never felt a feeling that was quite strong. I can't believe a margin turns me.
1: Home. If you want to explore more it's of Kenya's country, country music, here is once again David Kimoto, host of Strings of Country, to share his recommendations.
5: Top five in Kenya. Uh, I would start with Sir uh, Elvis Otieno. And then we have got uh, Steve Rogers, Carlos Kiba, then Esther Conqueror, and then, uh, Konkara. Uh-huh. And then uh, we need one more Esther Conqueror. Then we can do. Oh, I I didn't mention uh, Ruben Kigame, and Ruben Kigame, he's he's vying for the country's uh, presidency. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he's one of the, our big uh, local country musicians, and also gospel uh, music artists. A lot of these guys do both uh, country and uh, gospel, and he has got a few very very popular songs. And uh, he's now vying for you know for the you know to be president of the country in the upcoming uh, elections in in August. So we may all well soon have a a country artist president (laughs) of kenya (laughs) of kenya anyway that's it's you know it's it's in it with a lot of uh, you know many other people as well but then uh, it just shows you how much you know this particular genre is gaining popularity and growing
1: and now to take us home and close out this episode of afropop worldwide here is ruben (laughs) kigami
9: Almost heaven, West
10: Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains,
3: Shenandoah River, life is old there, older than the trees,
8: younger than the
1: Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. And from PRX affiliate stations around the US. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Thanks to Tevin Sudi for his help with this program. And visit afropop.org for playlists and videos of some of Kenya's country musicians featured in this program. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Baldo. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Brandy Howell. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast, including radio programs and our Afropop Close-Up Podcast Series. And don't forget to join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by GC from the syncopated Blair in Washington, D.C. Banning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Mukwa'iwabesi Siolwe, And I'm Georges Collinet.
7: Hey.